0: Across the Aisle, episode, Artificial Intelligence.
1: My name is Jason Beck, I'm 49 years old, and uh, you have my permission to, uh, to use this recording. Jason, what
0: is artificial intelligence?
1: Um, I guess I think of artificial intelligence, um, well, I think of s- spacemen, I go, I go right to uh, aliens. Our um, computer, I guess, uh, intelligence that was... Uh, I guess that's what it is. Artificial intelligence. We create a computer that acts intelligent but isn't human. How about that?
2: Yeah.
0: Do you already use AI? How much and uh, what kind? Like what's the AI if you do use um, AI?
1: Not really. I mean I have Siri on my phone, but I never I never use because it it's too it's just it's too difficult for me. I ended up having more problems, so but a friend has got the Google thing and I, I like that a lot. So, you know, you ask Google questions and then you say Google, turn on the lights and then it yeah. turns them on. I like it it. Is. I use
0: that. Um do you believe that in your lifetime your job will become automated as like the majority your you, I mean you do landscaping. landscaping. Yeah. Do you think uh that's possible in your lifetime uh
1: yeah, maybe Most you do, like,
0: landscaping being done by some kind of robot or
1: AI? Yeah, probably with like maybe a controller. Like, one of the guys has got a little mini bobcat and it's all mechanicalized. It's That's Jay. It does landscaping, but it's tinier. And I was like, well, shit, that saves a lot of, you know, worker energy. So I suppose if you could buy them, if they had smaller machines where they would automatically dig the hole, and I've seen people use machines to dig holes instead of a shovel, so maybe then I would just be an operator or something like that. Yeah, I could, I could see that happening.
0: I didn't know that, actually. Um, would you trust an AI system to distribute resources or basic items um, on its own?
1: Uh, yeah, it's just it's depending on application, I guess. Like, if it was... Um, I mean, if the program was solid, I, didn't, I could never mess it up, right? So, unless... But I would be afraid that uh, if somebody's lives depended on it. But I guess in some way, some lives going to depend on it, so... Yeah, I think there's no fighting with it. I'd say yes. Not the craziest about it, but yes. Would you
0: own a digital friend and or a robot? Like a holographic digital friend, you know? An AI you could interact with only on a screen?
1: Yeah, I probably would for the novelty of it. It'd probably be fun. But I probably wouldn't end up using it. I have a lot of friends, and so I tend to... uh, I was never although I can be sucked into Facebook but I usually never had problems with stuff like that you know that I would need some, something to sit at or some friend I don't know that's an interesting question do about.
0: you uh, do you think do you feel differently about a digital friend versus an actual robot or like
1: android yeah I think like a movie She I could get that like especially if someone was lonely I would be afraid I would say no I would be afraid, just based on what happened to him.
0: No robot? I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it worked out good. It was actually a meaningful movie, but no robot.
0: Today, we are going to discuss artificial intelligence. What is AI? Is it impossible? Only a sci-fi dream, centuries away, if it ever comes about? Is it inevitable, right around the corner, spelling doom, waiting just a few years away with robot armies, Trump Tower acting as Skynet headquarters? Is it a salvation for our souls to be uploaded to and escape the everyday suffering known since the dawn of humanity, to live in a digital eternity, traveling the stars seeking new forms of intelligence and understanding? Or is it more of an antichrist, tricking those who seek its cloud of refuge and uploading them to hell? It's a complex subject to say the least, and a few of you are scoffing, saying AI is already here, among us. The symbiotic relationship already exists. Let's make some distinctions before we move on. There is weak AI and strong AI. Weak AI is designed to do a specific task, very intelligently. It is programmed and performs amazingly well, even better than a human, in tasks like manufacturing cars or playing chess. But they perform in very narrow parameters and can't operate outside of them. It's like trying to have a philosophical debate with your smartphone. You can ask it questions, and backed by the whole internet, it has an answer or something close enough. But it can't engage. It can't think. A strong AI is still mostly conceptual. It is the sci-fi dream of a computer with equal or greater intellect than a human. The goal of strong AI is a fully functional mind that can think, perhaps in the form of a robot, but more likely as a disembodied intelligence. This kind of AI was long thought impossible or far out of reach. Recent developments, however, have changed things quite a bit. Researchers of strong AI are trying new approaches. Rather than programming knowledge, as has been successful with weak AI, they are now working on trying to create learning machines. Very similar to the way human brains work, gathering experience from different tasks and integrating the information. We see this approach with Google's DeepMind AlphaGo. Not only beating world masters at a game no AI has been able to crack, but creating novel approaches to a game humans have been playing for thousands of years. DeepMind and similar projects may only be a bridge between weak and strong, but weak AI is here, all around us. The argument between symbiotic and parasitic is as strong as ever. But the relationship does already exist, and bridges are being built with exponential growth. What brought us to this cliff?
2: What lies past the precipice? Um, So what will be the impetus driving us towards artificial intelligence?
0: I think for me, a lot of it has to do with convenience and the ability for humans to do something besides what they do now when i think of artificial intelligence in my dream world the utopia it's all my dream utopia always has that artificial intelligence in it it allows us to not do things like work so it is a matter of convenience but also i feel in a way more a matter of kind of saving humanity, as weird as that sounds, because it's taking it away in a lot of senses, canceling our human interactions. But maybe developed fully, it could allow us to bring those back.
2: Um, I'm not really sure um, how I view you know artificial intelligence when it comes to human interactions, mainly, mainly because we don't even fully understand our own emotional output. In a way that makes sense. That how how could we impart something into a machine, which honestly it still it involves programming. How could we impart something into a machine that we fully don't understand ourselves? Is it something that you know if you give the the you know program enough information, it would develop it on its own? I'm not sure. I think it would. We'd have to see exactly how, you know, we figure out emotion. <laughs> like that's How can we give something emotion if we don't understand it, how it actually works?
0: In a very scary way, I kind of think it might develop. Um, and I say scary because that means we have less of an idea of how it actually is going to be when it's there. But I kind of tend to agree with those ideas where... Consciousness or emotions are qualities that can't be reduced to certain brain functions that are emergent
3: from a bigger set of functions going on. Well, for me, I truly don't believe that emotions are necessarily linked to consciousness. I think that there is this interesting middle ground that we've reached where we've already started to realize that you don't really need to be a super emotional being or fully aware of your emotions to be successful or work well or even interact okay with others. People who are on the... The spectrum of autism and Asperger's, as it's referred now, just the spectrum, interact fine with people on their different levels. And while they have the ability to think logically, and they might be slightly emotionally impaired, or even sometimes the opposite, they might be too overly emotionally insensitive and not be able to logically explain what their emotions are, I think AI can uniquely fit that middle ground because... You don't need to understand happiness or anger to understand that something else is happy or angry. And I think that AI might just learn how to be aware of our emotions as humans and then learn from that so it knows how to reply and essentially fake emotions as somebody who's a sociopath would or someone who's a psychopath would. That's interesting. That is actually really
2: interesting. I never thought about it in, in that way before, um, especially considering that I, I always thought about the way that we react to someone else's emotional output is dependent on our own emotional output. And I feel as though it would seem unnatural if something, like, for example, if you were with someone or you're dealing with someone that always had the right answer and always knew exactly what to say when you were upset or you were angry or you were with no mistakes in between, it would, you would start to be like, okay, this is weird. This doesn't seem right because human beings naturally are flawed. So if those flaws don't come across in some way, shape, or form, you would naturally be like, okay, this seems too weird, this seems too perfect, this seems too good. So how would we go about dealing with something like that? Like something that always knows, oh, he's upset, this is what I need to do. Or she's upset, this is what I need to say. I feel like after a while, that would just start being strange.
0: Be almost like omniscience, right? Exactly. Yeah, we might view it almost like a godlike figure But different because we were always unable to find God and talk to God directly in front of other people, right? You could talk to God at home or, you know, (laughs) while you're praying, but the ability for it to be there in your living room or in your pocket or just around
3: floating in the walls (laughs) well I think an answer to that is we've already all experienced that where we've had people in our lives who have somehow always known the answer to our problem and always understood why we were feeling one way or another we called them moms (laughs) Growing up, whenever we were angry, angry, mom knew, whenever we were sad, mom knew exactly how to fix our problems. And growing up now, a lot of us still go to our moms, our fathers, whoever it is that was that caretaker when we were younger, and they still kind of know how to answer those questions. They're not as good because we're more complex now, but they still get it. If we... For instance, my mother, whenever I feel sad, will post Winnie the Pooh stuff on my Facebook. (laughs) And I'll tell you, it still works. It's a psychological trick that she's been pulling on me since I was two years old, and it still works. right, Hardwired. Yeah, I think that AI could essentially learn how to either always be right in a manner of us not realizing that it's doing that, and also people every day emotionally manipulate each other to get ahead in a field mm. this way or another, and you never think about it, but it's happening every day, and we're kind of aware it's happening every day. So it, to me, doesn't seem that far-fetched that an AI would just be like, they're sad, emotionally they generally feel this way, they respond this way to this stimulant, let's do this. And it would probably, ch- it would probably change, because it would, yeah, you know that could really work, and
2: that's a very interesting way to look at it. And I've never thought about things on, on that level before, but it fits, you know. And it, it does. And, and that also kind of seems a little bit, a little bit scary. Nothing, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing, rewires your brain faster than internet use. Uh, there's been a, a couple different studies um, that have shown that if you have someone that uses the internet a lot, and then someone that doesn't use the internet a lot, they have like done studies where they like take one person that doesn't really use the internet that much, and they have them use the internet, like, you have to use it for this much time every week. And then they actually went and re their brain, and it they it basically rewires your brain quicker than anything they've ever studied. Yeah. So, like, you know, when you have something that is, essentially has the ability to emotionally manipulate you, and then also teach you to accept that mo- emotional manipulation, that's scary.
0: Right. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. Um... Yeah, I think there there are a lot of dark problems that come up with talking about AI. Um, the emotional dependency is a really interesting one. I, if, Zach, if you want to talk about Gatebox, you shared that with me uh, last okay. week, and it blew my mind. I kind of thought it was a joke when I first saw the
3: video of it. Um,
0: yeah, explain that. Yeah, You're better so- at it.
3: If if you want, there's a it, it, there is this new product which is being come which is coming out in Japan. I believe the company is Gatebox, and they have I forget like exactly what the name of the individual product is, but essentially, in Japan, there's this large issue of. They have a disparity between male and female, and Japan is kind of going insane trying to figure out how to get people to come together. So even though the government legitimately—I'll post a link to this—the funniest thing I could ever think of, the government is sending out propaganda to try to get you to date and come together and essentially will— Send you out on free couples cruises so you can go meet new people and possibly have sex and possibly <laughs> have babies. And the thing is, the private sector is taking this and going, well, we don't need to make a this simpler. We don't need to make a dating app because those aren't working. So this company, Gatebox, created this product, which is a, pretty much a cute anime girl that is a smart home that is a, I guess it would be a weak or a light AI. So how you would think of Alexis in your house if Alexa. you have Amazon, Alexa <laughs> you know, in your house or Google Home in your house where when you walk in, you'll tell it things and you can tell it to turn the lights on and off. That's what Gatebox does. The difference between Gatebox and Alexa or Google Home is Gatebox interacts with you. And I don't just mean that it will tell you your schedule or any of that. There is an app which you can communicate with, which you can send responses to Gatebox, and it will reply back and not just turn the AC on at 9.30 for when I get home. I mean, I miss you a lot. I can't wait to come back home to you.
0: In the commercial for it, the thing that really got me was the Gatebox chat box chat bot, sent um the guy who was using it while he was at work, sent him a text message like, come home early, I miss you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's so, so strange that your computer <laughs>
3: is telling you to skip work because it misses you. So, yeah, they essentially created this weak AI which will... Learn about your schedule, know how you are, and then slowly reach this point where it pretty much knows you as well as any any shitty girlfriend would pretty much, but it will interact with you and of its own mind, I guess it would kind of be a thought, but it is a programmed response where it will just, sometimes if you don't interact with it for long enough, it'll know you're at work and it'll say, I miss you, as a manner of becoming this, essentially AI that is a companion to you and it's breaking out. It's like $3,000 over in Japan. I'm pretty sure you can import it if you guys really want to have an anime girlfriend that bad, uh, you can do it. They don't make boyfriends, right? They, no, no, they sadly have not broken boyfriend technology. This but a waifu. Yeah, and an interesting thing on top of that, though, is I was looking at this study of not just AI and our attachment with them, but when it comes to just this idea of sex robots, apparently 21% of, of people in... England, it might have been the UK in general, but I'm pretty sure it was England, 21% of them said they would totally have sex with a sex robot. And I'm not sure how I feel about that, but at the same time, like... It's no different than any sex toys or whatever, and then once you start merging AI with sex robots, you don't need people. <laughs> that's insane. Well, I mean,
2: I guess that's not much different than like a symbiont or something like that to a certain extent. But with a body,
3: I don't. I don't know. That just seems. Well, it's one crazy. of those things where it's just like <laughs> sometimes like art imitates life, and sometimes life imitates art. There was a Futurama episode where the reason that you're not allowed to date robots, they explain as because a hundred or so, like, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there was an alien invasion that happened that almost wiped out all of humanity because humans were too busy having sex with their sex robots, (laughs) that they were so distracted that they couldn't stop the invasion. I'm not saying aliens, but there is a lot of crazy stuff going on. And if we're distracted with sex robots, what are we going to do? That's a that's a pretty good point. Um, yeah, you could program them to have whatever desires you want, right? Exactly. Like, you don't have to find a relationship, you don't have to wait for anything. Anything you could possibly think of in a sexual way there, is there, and if we're going to add AI onto that, whether it's a weak AI or strong AI, it'll just eventually learn what your kinks are. It'll eventually learn when you're horny and when you're not horny and when to initiate sex and when not to initiate sex. There's a
0: guy right now that built a... Uh, A AI robot that looks like Scarlett Johansson and he's trying to marry it
2: it looks just like her what Ah, oh my god like you know what that's how we take over the world. That's how we conquer the rest of the planet. Just build sex robots and send them to other countries. I'm telling so you, look good.
3: <laughs> look, Alex Jones talks a lot about the globalists and, like, what they're going to do. The like, globalists are just going to make sex robots, and it won't matter. Nothing you will do will stop the sex robot revolution. But even then, like, when it comes to this conceptual know. idea of AI, I think people not so lack this, this thought that I do of... You don't need to under to have emotions to be a conscious being with thoughts. You just think of things outside of that context. I mean, people do that all the time now where I think the thing I hate more than anything is in movies, there's always those disaster movies where somebody – there's some alien outbreak. There's a movie that came out or is coming out recently which involves, like, Ryan Gosling getting attacked by this, like – This bacterium that was found in space on this rock and kills this dude, and then this dude goes into the airlock to go get it, and then this crazy bitch decides, let's just open up the airlock, because I love this guy, he is my friend, I want to help him, and then entirely compromises the entire space station. AI wouldn't do that. (laughs) No, AI AI would know, hey, yeah, that person's going to die and that sucks. But there's not that emotional barrier that we as humans have Mm -hmm. to want to help people. That's that's, that's a thing that
0: has driven me crazy about especially recent um, portrayals of AI in movies. Like uh, the iRobot movie is a classic example. The AI does... Maybe I'm being a little callous here, but I feel like the AI in that that movie, and often in these scenarios, does the right thing, Mm. but a human probably wouldn't do because of the emotional attachment. And, you know, so in iRobot, Will Smith's big beef, why he hates robots is because him and a kid were drowning. The AI looked and saw that the kid was almost definitely going to die, and Will Smith could be saved. He saved Will Smith. Will Smith freaks out and can't handle it because a kid could have maybe been saved instead of him, who almost definitely could have. Um, And that's the whole theme of the movie, too, is like they have the A.I. is going to take control of everything and distribute things and kind of take over safety. And maybe that's a bit too far with the safety and whatnot. But it definitely seems to be pushing this idea that there can't be something in control uh, that can't be doing greater things in society. I don't know. I'm very
3: suspicious of this plot that is in a lot of recent movies. I mean, it's as old as uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. This idea of, is AI doing the right thing by killing these dudes? When you think about it, I mean, maybe. You don't really know. (laughs) Well, if you see this in the sequel to
0: that... The AI explains that it was a programming thing. It yeah. wasn't allowed. No one was allowed to know about the secret mission. They figured out the secret mission,
3: so it had to kill them according to its own programming. Yeah. It's if-then-but statements ruled it into it. And even then, if you read the, uh, the, the book, other people forget that the book and the movie came out at the same time or were being made at the same time. And one point it kind of makes is... So the weird trippy part at the end of the movie, if you've seen 2001 A Space Odyssey, if you haven't, skip ahead to whenever we're not talking about 2001 A Space Odyssey (laughs) because you won't know what I'm about to explain. There reaches a point where the main character goes into this weird ether that has this room, and it's just a room... And then things get more and more trippy. Lights are going off. Kubrick's being crazy because he's Kubrick. And then... Beautiful scene. (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) Absolutely beautiful, trippy. Don't take mushrooms while watching that movie. Um, (laughs) It's not a good time. And then there's this weird primordial fetus that is then hovering over Earth. Yes, I know. We went from weird space thing to fetus. Watch the movie. (laughs) So... In the book, it's explained that what actually happened was he went into this wormhole, into this section of the universe where you have pretty much these beings that have consciousness but aren't attached to a body. So they feed this dude, and then they essentially turn him into one of them from what I've interpreted and what I've been told. I haven't read the full book. I've only read the differences and stuff. And what happens with this primordial fetus thing hovering over earth is that what it essentially does is destroys it, it recognizes what's going on and realizing realizes that in order to continue and go on for the, so that humans can reach that section of consciousness where you transcend the body and go into being a part of the universe itself it just makes all uh, nuclear weapons go away they stop existing <clears throat> My wow. people, they, they stop existing or he fires all of them into space it's something weird and then the book just that <laughs> it is, and you get to realize if that was the good thing to do and that's kind of like an AI where it's not attached to this body and from a philosophical sense it would realize in order for myself to survive humans are getting more and more ramped up humans are looking at these artificial borders on this planet and saying that they're different it might think, well, let's just either, A, the classic, let's get rid of all humans, but B, we've, we don't have a point right now where we have energy, energy efficiency so that we can just have infinite energy. Robots still need us. Like, the sex robots can't take over us until the sex robots have their own life that they can have without needing us to plug them in. And it might just decide to shoot all nuclear arms out into space so that it makes it so we don't have the ability... To kill ourselves and destroy the entire world. It would be a form of
0: yeah, it'd be a form of self-preservation for itself. I yeah, that's another thing. I never imagine AI really wanting to destroy humans unless it had something about maybe it's programmed with protecting Earth above all, and it recognizes humans as a virus (laughs) on the Earth. Uh, But I don't think yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. I I never see the uh, robot army thing coming up either. I don't think we'll see sentient robots, uh, for quite some time, uh, until after we see the disembodied AI, which could operate on larger levels, like, a Alexa for the country or planet, perhaps, um... A lot of, you know, we've all done all this research and we've been talking to people preparing for this episode. A lot of the people I talked to were very receptive to a digital friend like the Gatebox. They thought it was kind of cool. They mostly said they would do it just because it was something new, something novel, it would be fun and funny. But most people I talked to, only a few, were okay with the idea of robots. Um... (coughs) I know one, Only one person answered me and said they would like a robot. And when I asked them why, they were like, I don't know, in case I wanted to play catch or go to the
3: beach and I needed someone. Well, I actually wanted to ask case in this because you're the one who actually has the, the, the piece of paper that says you know what you're talking about when it comes <laughs> to psychology. I don't. Uh, I just read a lot. But something I've kind of realized is... When it comes to this idea of AI, when I was talking with people, I ran into the same thing where it was, if it was on my phone or on my computer, it was fine. But once it was its own device, once it was this individual thing that was its own thing that didn't do anything else, it was just an AI robot buddy, it was totally different do you think that has to do with our psychological issue with accepting a robot as human? Or do you think that that has to do with, not so much our disconnection, because I know you did a lot of research into how social media is making us distant and how this, how interacting with robots is perceived as better because you don't have to deal with human error. Mm. What do you think would be the reason why humans are totally cool with the idea of a centralized intelligence that you can just have on your phone or on a computer but then start to get scared once it's its own being that can walk around and have do you think it's an agency thing or do you think it's a like an internal philosophical fear that we've like made something
2: I think it's a couple things I think that on the one hand if it's in your computer if it's on your um your 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 phone, people have the idea that they control it. It's still within their control. And I think it comes down to when it's a robot, when something that is like, you know, can do things on its own, can function completely on its own, it's no longer within your control. And if it wants to do something, it's gonna do it. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Like for example on my cell phone, the idea is I can just turn off my cell phone. That then it's gone. If I if my computer starts doing something, just plug it out. I have control over essentially the life and death of that machine to a certain extent. But once it starts getting its own autonomy, I don't have that control anymore. And then there's also the idea of, like, you know, from an evolutionary standpoint, people have always been able to look at things to a certain extent and figure out very quickly whether or not that thing is harmful to them. And it's almost like looking at a robot like it's a lion. It's like, you know, that thing doesn't look like me, it's scary. And it has the ability to destroy me if it so decides. Do I really want something like like that around me? There's very few people that think it's cool to just have like, you know, know, I'm just going to have this tiger just hanging out behind me. It's just fun. It's cool. There's not a lot of people that are super. I mean, there's some people that like that idea, but there's some crazy people. (laughs) But there's a lot of people that don't like the idea of something that powerful that I can't control and if it decides that it's going to do something, there's nothing I can do to stop it. You know, that's why I think this is one of the reasons why people are scared of like self-driving cars because if I'm driving it, I have the idea and people are very bad at kind of like analyzing their skills or ability to do something so you know if they're driving a car they're always assuming that they're making all the right decisions and they're making all the right choices and you know if there's an accident they'll be able to avoid it we already know you know with information that says that yeah people are the problem when it comes to accidents if we got rid of human interaction if we got rid of like you know the the human ability to just do stupid crap it, we'd be a lot safer on the road, but people in general are not okay with the idea. They're like, "Okay, I can control things better than a computer." No, pro- we probably can't. You know, <laughs> like there's right. a of, there's a lot of things that computers do way better than we do. But people just have this idea, you know, I if I control this, it will be done better. You know, and I think that's what it comes down to.
0: So yeah, I I think I agree with you largely on that, but I think there's a weird disconnect. So. We think we control, or we definitely, all right, so we definitely control our smartphone mm. and stuff, but if we had a disembodied AI, like let's say uh, Google's DeepMind started this thing where you could upload it on your phone and act like as part of it. Mm-hmm. Google DeepMind is somewhere else, but your phone has this little bit of it. We still think we control that, Yep. but humans, <laughs> yeah, humans don't control the earth because it were so much powerful and stronger and we can exercise physical dominion over things the physical dominion we can exercise is all intelligence so that that deep mind at a certain point it's going to i mean theoretically it should be able to outthink
3: humans like it did with the go well i think bouncing off of that idea do you think that so from a very base evolutionary sense The reason that different kinds of animals fight each other is over, oh, well, you might surpass us. It's the reason that when (laughs) we were in Europe fighting against the Neanderthals or Neanderthals, however you pronounce that word, I've been told both ways, that Mm -hmm. the reason that we won was because we started to outsmart them even though they were stronger than us. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that our fear of, you know, once it becomes this thing we can't control is more so... We're afraid, because I mean, you can see in so many movies, we're afraid that AI is going to wipe us out and kill us all. But in an actual real sense, I know people who, including myself, who have this weird, this very weird emotion towards this idea of an AI. Not because I'm necessarily afraid of it, but because I, I feel like maybe in 50 years, it might be a competitor to me. Because I'm aware to have my own individual thoughts. I'm aware, I, I'm aware that I can have my own individual interpersonal relationships. I'm aware that I can write and create and do all these things. But there are programs now that will legitimately write a, a script. It'll it'll write a screenplay. Right. And they're not that great. They don't make much sense. They don't make much sense. Yeah, except the thing is, structurally wise, they are a million times better than we are. There are people who go to film school and write for decades that cannot write a plot that has that little plot holes. That is zero. Every script has some kind of inconsistency, no matter how short it is. And robots are becoming able to create something like that. There are robots that can legitimately make art. They, they take Ooh. a piece of paper and they just do stuff, and it's abstract, and some of it's pro, pro, partly programmed. It'll show them images and say, do this, and it just does that. But we're reaching this point where we're not really becoming unique. And I think that's where our fear of AI drives from is not so much this fear of, oh, they're going to look at us and see that we're crazy and we're going to kill us because I think that comes from humans being aware that we're kind of terrible for Earth itself (laughs) and us knowing that probably the best thing for Earth is for us to stop being on Earth. And we're afraid that AI is going to reach that same conclusion as us. But then also I think the fear we don't talk about is this fear of being phased out because AI can do it better. Not just this fear of, like, they took our job and all that, but this real sense that we are unable to compete with an AI simply because once an AI can start taking pictures, you're out of a job. Mm -hmm. Once AI can start painting, you're out of a job. Once AI can start talking about AI and start writing down things that are weirdly philosophical and have the stream of consciousness, I'm pretty much out of a job. <laughs> yeah. And we're more creative, though I know you do a lot of other things and so do you. I just got my brain. That's about <laughs> it. Like That's where my fear comes from is I'm not really strong. I don't have many physical skills, but I do view myself as being... A more creative, slightly more intellectual person, just in the manner of, I think about weird things like, does would AI have a preference for breakfast, even though it doesn't have to eat? Yeah. But at the same time, what happens when AI starts to be able to do our jobs, not just manual labor, not just skilled work? Because I think right now it's being ignored is because there's this stigma of physical work being not as good as intellectual work and I will say that that is complete bullshit I, I cannot possibly do landscaping, I can't paint very well, I can't do a lot of physical stuff and I think anybody who can do that and I think that a reason those like AI taking over those jobs or just machinery in general taking over those jobs, those factory work is an acceptable thing is because from my individual ideas as a disdain for modern capitalism is they're expendable. They are just, they are the farmers in our feudal class and people who do more whatever are viewed as being better. And The really, creative class yeah, is valued the most nowadays. Yeah, the, the creative class has moved to this weird point where we're wealth-wise in the same bracket, but... In fact, there are a lot of skilled workers who get paid way more than most artists, photographers, year over year. And I think a big reason that we have this fear of AI is fear of AI in the future. Fear of AI taking over what makes us uniquely human.
2: Well, I think that there's this issue that we have as human beings where we define ourselves by what we can do. And once that is taken away, what are we? You know we spend all this time trying to um gain these skills because that 's how we define ourselves. We define ourselves you know i'm i 'm a painter i'm a photographer i'm you know you know like i am a, a architect whatever so we define ourselves by those things and I think that you you've hit on a point that like if, if you take that away and people start you people are starting to question what what am I worth if i can't do whatever it is worth, you know?
0: we're faced with our own animality in yeah. a way yeah.
2: And I think that, I mean, that's a very real fear for a lot of people. And I think that most people don't think about it on those terms. They don't think about it from the standpoint that, you know, this is why this makes me afraid. They just get afraid. Um, You know, people are rarely, in general, very introspective about their emotional output. They just, they experience something and they react to it. And that's as far as they go. They never go back and be like, well, why does that bother me? Why does that make me feel this way? And I think there's a lot behind it. I think there's a lot to it. And um, I think there's a lot of fear in, you know, something taking away who we are. And, and it goes back to, like, you know, one of the reasons why we're so divided when it comes to so many things, like politics or whatever, because we define ourselves by our own the labels we have for ourselves. Well, oh, I'm a conservative. Or I'm a whatever. And, you know, when someone challenges a belief of, uh, you know, a religion or a belief of a conservative, belief of a liberal, they're challenging... You know that philosophy, but people that de- define themselves by those things—taking that—you're challenging me. You're challenging who I am. You're challenging who my family is. You're challenging who my friends are, and then that becomes a, a a reason for for to combat that person. It was like I'm fighting for who I am, you know. And and I think that's what it comes down to. So we um, really do define ourselves based on you know what we can do. And if those things are taken away by something like artificial intelligence, I think that's going to be a big. <laughs> I think that's going to be a big um, Take that a up, big though. sticking point for for a lot of people. And I think it's a, a, an issue that people don't even really think about that deeply.
3: Well, what I what I actually also wanted to ask was so I'm not a I'm not a visual artist. I write and I talk and I do a lot of weird stuff, but I don't consider myself a visual artist. You draw. Yeah, I mean, I can put lines and circles on a paper, and it's just lines and circles it doesn't mean anything. But you can do the, the exact same thing, and it has this meaning behind it. And you as well. I know how to take a picture. I know how to take a good picture. I know what a good picture looks like. But you are more so a photographer. You, I know that you have a lot of a decent amount of work with editing and some stuff like that. How how would you feel if an AI was able to? make a picture whether it's drawing or taking it or more so a visual medium more so than now because right now it's just from everything I researched there might have been something newer I I missed everything's showing it can scan pictures and replicate pictures just like a printer would but actual painting and doing strokes Um, there are some AI that can do digital artwork which is pretty interesting but it just does like random abstract stuff Do you feel that if you were to paint something or if you were to take a picture of something with a true artistic sunglasses on, everything, doing it for a purpose, not just to take a picture because you were bored or not just to draw because you were bored, do you think that has any more purpose than if an AI did it? Well, yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, For me especially,
0: I think because, all right, so... I am a visual artist. I do other stuff, but when I draw or paint... I almost never take that traditional approach of painting an image, of looking at something, trying to replicate it. Even if I am thinking, alright, I'm gonna end up drawing a rhino here, I kind of just go for it. I like this, I've always liked stream of consciousness, I like, you know, freestyle hip-hop, I like um, the wild live stuff. So when I go to paint or draw, I kind of just go for it and let it happen. View it almost like an experience in and of myself. It's almost like a, like people, you say like channeling, allowing this thing to go through. The Greeks viewed it as a, accessing this higher plane of existence. Yeah, where, where you're like in communication with the source, with God, with creativity itself. And that's what does the, the painter didn't paint that. They were only the vessel for human creativity. And now... I'm not sure if I'd subscribe to all those metaphysical beliefs, but I definitely view art making like that. I usually, when I'm done painting something, I look at it and I'm like, whoa, how did I do that? Um, And I do some collage work, too, where I often try to throw disjointed images to create this uneasy feeling of worlds that shouldn't be colliding. I don't know if an AI could do that or if... um, if an AI just drawing and making circles and lines and then throwing some scraps of images that it picks out randomly from a image database that might produce just as much meaning. I'm not sure because I'm not necessarily saying I'm producing this meaning myself. I kind of feel like meaning is found through other people's interactions with artwork.
2: And I think that, when you look at it from that standpoint, that like art is very unique to the individual creating the art. Um, If I make something and Adam makes something and you make something, it's going to be very specific to you. Um, And that's one thing about art is, and that's one of the things that like, you know, make people want to buy art is because it's almost like a piece of that person that created. And I think that, you know, even if AI were to be able to create art, it would be specific to that AI, you know? Like, you know, that entity creating that piece of art, it's their art. Right. So they wouldn't necessarily be able to replicate my art because it's very unique to my experiences. The way that I hold the pencil, the way that, you know, I interact with people. I'm, I'm a very, what, what I call, um, I'm a very, like, heavy writer and a heavy, like, you know, illustrator. I feel like I... I have to kind of ease myself back up when I'm when I'm drawing, as opposed to when I'm writing. Um, so I have to, you know, kind of you know, the way that I, you know, hold a pencil or a pen, it's very unique to me. And in some cases, if I'm stressed out, you can tell that by, you know, something i put on paper. And I think that's the same thing with a lot of artists and, you know, artists go through their various phases. You know, like certain artists will pick certain colors based on what... So I think that even if an AI were to create art, it would still be specific to that AI. I don't think they'd be able to eliminate the idea
3: of art because it's an individual thing, you know? Well, I think that then goes on to, would you then consider an AI an individual because i mean you have something like watson and deep mind which are i believe watson you both are able to explain this better i know you both did research more on watson doesn't watson take from what it's been taught and essentially condense it and kind of create like not so much a thought but a base idea where it just goes oh this is a cat cats do this and then it starts to kind of like understand more about it the more you throw at it? Or is that more so deep mind? Because I get them mixed up. I believe that's more deep mind. Deep mind uh,
0: learns things. It has to learn things. It doesn't get programmed, uh, here's how you do this task. It's given a task, and it's as it goes through, it learns and kind of gains an intuition yeah. regarding that and can transfer
2: it. I'm not even sure about I'm not much about DeepMind. I feel like, um, just like you were saying, it takes the information that is given, or it takes a task that is given, and goes through the process of like trying to figure out that task, and uses the information from trying to figure out that task to eventually figure out that task, and then uses that information to do other tasks. Is that uh, yes? Does that sound absolutely. About the way? Okay. So you're it. like, you know, I'm gonna you know, this chess. Figure out how to play chess. So it goes through and figures out how to play chess, trial and error. And um, then after um, it figures that out, how to actually play chess, and you can use the skills that it's learned from the process of figuring out chess to do other things. Like, you know, okay, the strategy element, now I can
3: do other strategy-like things with chess information. I guess for me that then moves on to, wouldn't that then mean that in an abstract way, if they decided to start to make art, it would be just as valid as if we made art? Because... I I, I guess the more so I'm saying is if, for instance, DeepMind got... I refer to it as AI board. The best way I can describe it is in my research, I saw that AI, similarly to humans has a a way of being bored, but it's not that it gets bored like we do, where it's like, oh, we have nothing to do. Once it does so many tasks over and over and over again, it'll start to try to do old tasks in new ways, and essentially because of its machine learning, at least with DeepMind and the other machine learning AI, essentially do have this weird sense of boredom where they try to fill space and, oh, I know this, I'm gonna go do this now, and they switch tasks. They're not being lazy or... They don't have anything to do. They have plenty to do. They just are doing different things. So if a machine learning AI decided to go, oh, hey, I want to do this right now, and it wasn't a purposeful thing where they were just like, I do art now or whatever, <laughs> they just decided, okay, I want to do this, and then decided to make an image on a computer and started to do like weird things. Would that be just as valid art as Dali?
2: I mean I, I don't know because the, the the issue that I think I have is that like someone who like you can draw a circle and like I used to uh, I used to um, have people tell me that um, oh I can't I can't draw a straight line and I used to have an art teacher that would say great there's no straight lines in nature or and he's like I can't draw a circle great there's no perfect circles in nature you know and things like that is that when you're a machine is going to do things and I'm not sure if there's a way for it to purposely make them wrong. Right, right, right. You know, like, would, would, would an AI that's taught to make a perfect circle just figure, okay, well, you know, in, in other art, there is, you know, there is, like, mistakes to it or whatever. There's, like, you know, certain variations to it. I'm going to purposely make this off because that's what a, a human would do. Or would they just do perfect circles? You know? I, I don't know.
0: Right, and if they're doing it just because a human would do it, how does that relate? Because, yeah. I mean, humans, the art reflects the lack of the human, the mm. flaws that they have, whether it's heavy-handedness, if that's a flaw yeah. or not, or um, inattention to detail, or the preferences for certain colors. If, yeah, if the AI's picking it because it thinks that's preferred, I don't know, it's a... I think it's an endless debate honestly with art. Uh, I kind of like what Marcel Duchamp did with art. He said that art was art because an artist put it on a pedestal. Mm. Art's made art by a signature. That's what his big point was. He did a lot of collage work and <laughs> found objects. His most famous piece is probably. The Fountain? Yeah, The I, Fountain. I Duchamp. <laughs> well, I, I hate him for a lot of reasons, but then I also kind of love him because yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people who. I feel like I'm a true fan of Duchamp because I would never buy his work. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and. Yeah. I feel like he was making fun of that art world. He took the fa- The Fountain is. A urinal that's made in a uh, a factory, just a normal urinal that he signed and put in an art show. And all of a sudden, because he did that, it's an art. It's sold for millions of dollars. They have recreated it and sold
3: it for millions of dollars. <laughs> I mean, you have what the to, heck to, oh. to tangent a little bit. There was also uh, a a janitor that was almost fired because in an arts installation there was this pedestal that had like empty cans and bits of trash and stuff and he threw it away. <laughs> it was a hundred... <laughs> That, that that piece of art from what I remember was worth at least $100,000 is what it was estimated for. Legitimately, the artist said that I went around and picked stuff out of the trash or just whatever I was gonna throw away I just put it in this. It was legitimately a bit of a bunch of trash on a pedestal that was thrown away. And for me, I think what I'm getting at when it comes to this whole like art AI mold is... If uh, I, I subscribe to what I believe is more the postmodern idea and it's the the artist is dead, the author is dead. There is no artist. The, the artist is whoever you say the artist is. I can say this painting is my painting after Adam painted it. The only reason you would possibly know it was Adam is if you believed Adam over me because the idea is art isn't necessarily owned by the creator. It is owned by all of us. And I subscribe to that. But at the same time, with AI art, yeah, it it might do stuff that would be perfect and all of that, but we use computers now to do art all the time. Most graphic design happens on a computer. I can't think of any graphic design for a while. People who are using something other than a computer to mm. design stuff anymore. Right, the, and, it's dead. Yeah, it, it's a dead art form. And yeah, you have some people that are still doing, like, paper stuff and then putting it to yeah. a digital thing and then editing it. But, in a way, is an artist less an artist because they use computers and use perfect circles and they use perfect lines? Well, I think what this all points
0: at, honestly, <coughs> is that if an AI were to create art, it would... <clears throat> maybe invalidate the art world as it currently is and I'm not sure that's a bad thing uh, yeah. like that hundred thousand dollar pile of trash Sorry. is in my eyes as an artist someone who wishes they made more money off of art that's ridiculous <laughs> uh, you know if AI was making art and it could produce logos for people and my only art was friends commissioning me commissioning me or um, businesses that wanted a mural you know things like that and that's how i found my value i think i'd be okay with that if we were in a world that allowed for that to happen the world we have now is like if you're an artist you either kind of have to be this superstar making mostly garbage or live in relative poverty um I don't know. So maybe if we lived in a world where an AI controlled resources, um, we had, you know, like a basic income and stuff and people could work for their own pleasure, for their own creativity and their own betterment, I'd be about that. Uh, I wouldn't care that the AI was making art if my livelihood didn't depend upon it.
2: Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to for a lot of people. If it's a threat to, you know... Them, then it becomes an issue, and I think that it depends on how you look at it. Um, if you look at it from the standpoint that okay, if this AI or whatever takes over all the mundane tasks that people generally don't want to do anyway, yeah, then and that frees us up to do more things, yeah, that would be awesome. But how would that work in a capitalistic system? How would that work in in, in America, where we have this idea that everything that we do, you have to earn your right to exist. Like, it's just, it's really strange to me that people that really have, you know, like, no control over whether or not they do exist. I didn't decide that I wanted to be born. I'm happy that I exist, but, now that you're here,
3: earn it. Right, right. I don't understand that. (laughs) I think think that more so comes down to, in, in my interpretation of how something like AI would work in a capital or really any economic system is you have to view AI as if it's not so much a person, but an idea. Because I can own an idea. I can trademark an idea. I can trademark a a product and an AI would be a product. It would be whatever it is, but it has to be different than all the other AI. I think there comes this weird problem where You either have to accept AI as a person, or you have to accept AI as a product, and to get back to what I said probably at the beginning, I can't remember when I said it, um, when it comes to this idea of emotions in a conscious being, and if they're synonymous, I believe that if I'm wrong and emotions are synonymous with consciousness, we might run into this issue where AI don't like that we call them one thing and not the other. <laughs> we might run into a problem where AI doesn't want to be viewed as a product, but want to be viewed as a person. Or they don't like being called a person because they don't feel that fits them well, because they aren't this or that, because they don't have organs, and they might want to be a product. They might want to be viewed as an entity, a, a yeah, something all Yeah, something altogether we, different we don 't really have an answer to that, because uh, for me individually, I have my bias against capitalism, where I believe that modern capitalism has moved to this point where people are only the products when you 're advertising like th- that 's just how it is there are no products there is just people people are what you 're what, what the most things are targeted towards. every product you can buy is targeted towards humans, even if it 's towards dogs it 's towards humans who have dogs and in our capitalist system we have now, there's this weird idea where we don't really know how we view people because people are still products. They're products of whatever program you have, whatever job they're in. They're, they're a product of that, but would AI be a product or would it be an individual person or would it be just like us where it's in this weird gray area where it depends on what the company is? I mean, a school's product is its students, but a a car's like Ford's product is its cars. While it still uses humans and humans to go in and out and they both learn things while they're in the factory or in the school, one's no more valid or invalid than the other and it depends on the situation and I think that's what it comes down to is if AI would be considered a an individual or a hive mind or some special thing, And again, if I'm wrong, and consciousness is synonymous with emotions, and in order to be conscious, you have to have some idea of emotions, what if it gets mad, and it doesn't like what we call, and that gets into this idea, I was actually going to ask, I was going to ask both of you, because I grew up in middle America, in Massachusetts, you grew up in Tennessee, correct? Tennessee, Michigan. Tennessee, Michigan, and I forget exactly, you grew up in... I was was born in Jamaica, Jamaica. and I grew up
2: in upstate New York.
3: So... I guess my thing then comes down to is, as humans, there are a lot of things being done now when it comes to this idea of race, and our racial bias and racism and all of that. But there are some studies that point to racism not necessarily being learned. That racism is this idea we have to categorize uh, different groups of people, and it's the same reason that you have sexism and you have nationalism, is because, oh... Like, me being from a very Greek upholding, my Papu, which is grandfather in Greek, very, very much loved the homeland of Greece. Thought Americans were one way or another, still loved that he was in America, loved that he was here while he was here. I was born in America. I don't think that any other nation is worse or better. I think that we're all kind of equal. But there also is this fact that, like, racism exists. And when it comes to AI... I think that there's essentially three possibilities if AI becomes a very popular thing that's everywhere. Either A, humans are going to slow their racial bias as they Uh philosophically understand we are all humans while we come from different upendings. It won't solve institutional racism. It won't solve any of the issues of racism. But I think it will be some of the steps forward to getting rid of our racist culture that we have moved into in the past couple hundred years. Um, a couple hundred I'm trying to be generous um, <laughs> or machines might also be kind of racist they might think that oh my creator was Iranian or Russian so they're better than everybody else because they were smart enough to make me and it might be an egotistical thing or other AI might be racist against other AI <laughs> we don't know they, they might hate anything that was done by Intel or anything done by IBM So, yeah, there was... um,
0: Microsoft did a chatbot called Tay, I believe, that was supposed to imitate a millennial millennial girl. And you could talk to her, and she learned as people talked to her. If our AI followed that sort of logic, what happened to Tay was... In the first hour, she was tweeting or talking, whatever, about puppy dogs and then making Holocaust jokes within a matter of hours and saying vile, vile things. So, like, maybe, yeah, humans could program an A.I to become racist, maybe. If there wasn't... I don't know, but there'd probably be, like, Asimov's rules for robots. There would be inherent programming into an AI that maybe it wouldn't be able to get past, even if it could change its source code. It would already be integrated
3: into it, perhaps. Well, my issue with that is that... I mean, it's an answer to, like, if we programmed it against it, but if that's part of being an intellectual being is having these biases for seemingly no reason and that's part of being conscious there are certain dogs that don't like other dogs because they can sense that they're aggressive and humans might feel one way about a race that they're more aggressive than this or they're lazy or whatever while they're wrong it doesn't matter because that's how they feel and feelings are not logical and it then goes into you can program an AI not to be racist doesn't mean it's not racist (laughs) I mean people like mothers and fathers raise their kids not to be racist and then they go up and do racist fucking shit like Mm. it doesn't stop them being racist because there's other things that go into this identity of racism and this purpose of categorizing people in general I mean I could see it going a couple different ways I could see it being
2: an issue that it then becomes enough us versus them like the organics versus inorganics issue Um, and it could be a situation where you know know, people become less concerned with our individual differences because there's something that's way more different than us like we got to deal with this thing that is way different than you know any of us so i mean it it could go that way or it could go you know uh, uh, the, the way where you know like the, the ai starts seeing differences within other ai i, I don't know i mean <laughs> they, they could go a <laughs> lot of ways i think that that's one of the issues with ai in general is the fear of the unknown i think that If, you know, the person that invented the car had thought about, you know, the the possibility of, you know, like, you know, car accidents and, you know, drunk driving and all this stuff, they would probably have done things differently. Yeah. But generally, human beings have a tendency to be very short-sighted. They look at things for you know, whether it's the benefits or whatever. And they don't think beyond the scope of like, I'm going to create this thing. I'm not going to think, I'm, I'm think I want to create it to do this thing. And that's all I'm thinking about it doing. I'm not thinking about what other people will use it to do. I'm not thinking about what it will do in the future. I'm just thinking about, I'm creating this item to do this thing. And I think that's one of the big issues with AI is that once it's out there, it's out there. Um, and I don't know where I heard this from before, and I, I don't know, I keep quoting it, but you can't unring a bell. Like, you can't... The magicians. Ha! Love that show. But but you, you can't... Like, once something is out there, it's like the Pandora's box. You can't put things back in. So, it's only a matter of time. Once this idea became something, you know, once we started, you know, kind of messing with artificial intelligence, we're not going to be able to stop it from existing. It's just a matter of mitigating it when it becomes when it becomes, you know.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, there's also another saying I think is really important when thinking about this is technology does not wait for the morals of humans to catch up to (laughs) it. You know, so... I don't know. There, we've probably brought up a lot more questions than we have yeah, come to any answers. With well, just humanity in general. Yeah, that's yeah. probably a good thing because there's a lot to consider with this, and it's, it's here. Weak AI is more and more around us, and the strong AI is getting stronger all the time. Once these things start being able to apply that knowledge to bigger systems, we're going to see huge changes. I... My fear mostly lies in Kind of what we've been talking about With uh, modern society How it is What happens when things become automated What happens when uh, Greater intelligence or an equal intelligence Makes itself known to us Um, I think We can't moral, you know, technology is not going to wait for morals to catch up. So it's our work now to establish a society to be thinking about these ideas. What do we want AI to look like if it's going to be here? How do we want things to be distributed? How do we want power to work? And we're going to we're going to see a big restructuring of society. And we have to start that work now before it's too late. If AI were implemented tomorrow, we would probably see a technocratic class ruling every One and the majority of humans being reduced to homo sacer to the excess, we would be nothings, we'd all be in slums like (laughs) in Rio de Janeiro.
2: Yeah, that's a lot to think about. I mean, and yeah, you are a hundred percent correct on that. If AI were to just be implemented in full, like you have strong AI right now, most people would not be able to benefit from it.
3: I actually individually wonder just to leave on this if you're okay leaving on this, but this idea that AI might be aware of what's going on and see like the issues of class and racism that are rampant in every every nation everywhere there's some form of bias in between humans, and I wonder if AI will consciously try to fix those problems if we could program an AI to help with that, bridging gaps or if it will, by a byproduct of our individual human fear of being replaced, end up binding us together as a people and realizing oh, oh shit, we're all one and if we don't fight against this, it will win and I don't know how long that'll last, maybe it'll last 100 years, maybe it'll last one 2000 (laughs)
0: Well, I would like to ask our audience to uh, help us out Join in the very human act as of now of creating Yes. Uh, Submit us a short story, five pages of how AI is implemented in the future What that society looks like Help us be that vision that's going to bring a positive future into fruition Uh, This is Across the Aisle I'm Adam
2: I'm Zach I'm Kaysen